On this episode of Draft Capital, Chris and I are joined by Albert Gim of the Draft Act Podcast and the No Ceilings Collective. Albert joins the show today to talk about some of the top returning players and even a couple of ones that you're probably not expecting to hear about so early in the season. You're not going to want to miss this episode. It was really a pleasure to have Albert on. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Draft Capital here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I am co-host Stephen Gillespie, and joining me, as always, as president of Off The Ball Network, Mr. Chris LeBron. Chris, what's up, my man? Hey, man. You know you know how it is with kids, so I had to make <laughs> sure the daughter was, was out for the count. I was like, oh, yep. man, I, I had to work on it. I had a you know, hour before showtime. She was still up like a pup, so... Put her down and uh hopefully you know she's out for the night but uh that that's what i was just doing so that that was fun but uh you know a pleasure oh as always you know chopping it up you know getting ready to do some uh talks of draft with, with a special guest but so and it's always a pleasure to talk to you so i'm ready to go brother yeah man me too and likewise anytime that we get to talk shop and chop it up it's always an honor and a pleasure speaking of honors and pleasures man it's a uh, super cool that we're bringing on this guest that we have today. Uh, you know, just full disclosure, I'm a super big fan of him and his uh, co-host show. I listen to it every morning on the way into work. It's like one of my first listens. I love it so much. Definitely and, one uh, of the best, one of the better pods that I, you know, it's in my rotation. Dude, it, it, if it's not in your rotation, you're messed up. So I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there right now. And he's also, if for you listeners and watch and viewers from last week, we had a, a teammate of his, Tyler Rucker, on, and they're a part of this brand new, like, no ceilings collective community. It's really awesome. I love what they're doing right now. But we've delayed bringing him on too long. Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing in now Albert from the Draft Dak podcast. <laughs> Albert, garbage time gim, as they call you, right? Is, is, yes, is, that, the, is that the alias? Yeah, that, that's like uh, supposed to be my new personality. Um, I don't know if I have some like I just can't choose in between whether like I like my name, like my real name better or I like my new persona better. But it's cool, man. I'm excited. I, I just want to say really quickly before you guys get into the show, I am so freaking excited to be on today. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned you guys had on Tyler last week. Tyler's been giving me so much crap about being on the show today. <laughs> and uh, I think I think part of it is he doesn't want me to embarrass us. But um, no, nah, I. I love Tyler. Shouts to Tyler. But it's a huge honor to be on with you guys. You guys are awesome. All the stuff that you guys are doing with your network is unbelievable. I know you guys said a lot of kind things about no ceilings and all that stuff. But you guys have, you know, you guys are already established and doing so much. And we're all huge fans of you guys. So for me, I'm just on to have some fun. So uh, I, I'm hoping we have a good time. I'll try to say some smart things, but <laughs> no guarantees. <laughs> oh, man. No, you're you're being way too modest right now. And, and Chris, we're going to have a great show. But before we bring on our new guest, I want to remind everybody that the Off the Ball Network, which is where you and I subscribe to, have a new partner. It is Built Bar. Yes, Built Bar. Unlike all the other bars out there that taste either like old Play-Doh or a piece of cardboard, when you eat a Built Bar, you will think that you are cheating on your diet with a delicious chocolate dessert. If your kids find out how good these things are, you're going to have to buy more because they're going to be begging for them. Chris, you know how that goes, man. We just had Halloween, <laughs> chocolate, cookies, oh, all that fun stuff. They have flavors like cookies and cream. 
double chocolate, strawberry, peanut butter, brownie, much, much more. Chris, they also have a new mystery flavor. And if you guess that right, you could win a prize. Go over to built.com, enter in promo code off the ball. That'll let them know that we sent you in because we're such good friends with the folks over there. They'll give you a 10% discount. Chris, you can't beat that deal, can you? Nope, you cannot beat that deal. And I'm so happy to that we have them aboard as a new sponsor. So I'm excited. I'm um, I'm gonna put my first order in this week and uh can't wait to to have them arrive. So excited about Built Bar and the partnership with Off the Ball Network. Absolutely. So speaking of partnerships, Albert, we have a cool little, you know, niche topic that we're gonna be talking about today. Um, we're not gonna be talking about your your typical, like, you know chet paolo hardy all those guys today we're going to be discussing some of the top returning players at least in our eyes and this isn't even going to be the the cookie cutter ones that you've been taught that you've been hearing about throughout the week we got some kind of cool funky outliers man and i couldn't think of a better guest to have on to discuss something like that than you so we're going to lead off with Jaden ivy now albert what are your thoughts about Jaden ivy um, what an intro. Um, I, I do want to say, guys, like for all listen, listeners um, who are with us today, we're going into some deep cuts, some really, really deep cuts, and mm. it's going to be fun. But, um, uh, you know, Stephen and I, we talked a little bit earlier today. Should we start with Jaden Ivey or do do we go with the weird guys? And here we are talking about <laughs> Jaden Ivey because we're trying to we're trying to get Draw all our in. listeners. Exactly. We're going to trap you guys and talk about some weirdos later. But um, <laughs> Jaden Ivey's awesome, dude. I mean, honestly, shouts to Simon Rath. I think Simon Rath. Uh, he got off, me. He got me on him. He got me yeah, on him. Yeah, dude. Simon Rath may love Jaden Ivey more than he loves himself. Uh, it's unreal how much he loves him. So shouts to Simon. <laughs> because honestly, it was it really was Simon that put me on to Jaden Ivey, too. Like, he was posting so much about Jaden Ivey that I was like, okay, all right, let me check this guy out. And he was unbelievable. Um, I, I think my initial thoughts on Jaden Ivey is this guy is going to be so much better than what you saw from him last year, which mm -hmm. if you think about it is kind of insane contextually because he was pretty good last year. And um, so we'll talk more about this later, but the main, I guess, starting point for me was his u19 tape was unbelievable and right. for me that's a huge precursor into what i think we're going to see from Jaden ivy this year and moving forward like watching him in u19 just made me think okay he's going to be exponentially better in year two and then just wait till he gets to the nba the nba is kind of built for this dude so my initial thoughts on Jaden Ivey, i think he's unbelievable and he's grown on me just progressively the more i watch him yeah, and Chris, I'll turn this over to you. You know, he he caught on late last season, figures to be a lottery pick, according to a lot of the experts out there. Shooting numbers look a little eh until you get about, you know, February, March time frame of last season. Uh, a couple little side notes. Uh, Albert, I don't know how much of a, a stat nerd you are with things like that. I'm a subscriber to Synergy. Uh, if you go over there, he grades out as very good on spot ups. That's being in the 71st percentile. That's That's pretty good, right? And then excellent in the pick and roll and about the 89th percentile in the entire nation. So Chris, Jaden Ivy, uh, kind of a polarizing prospect, you know, figures to have a bigger role this year. What are your thoughts on Jaden Ivy? I love him. Love him. Like, mm. you, like, like Albert mentioned, Simon was the one who are you, during the season, you would always, he would always post videos and it was more than, and this is Simon is in shop. Simon, he, he's really great at all the draft stuff, but this, 
it was Jade and Ivy. We saw a lot of the videos he was posting of it. And I was like, okay, I need to watch more. And then he's one of those guys. And we mentioned this a lot, right? And I talk about this a lot. One of those guys that I feel like at the next level, he's going to be better than he is than in college, right? Because yeah. you, you just look at the numbers and the way we're, we're, we're like gloating about him. People would be like, well, he shoots below 40% from three. I mean, from the field, less than, what, 26% from three what is there to like about him right he just probably like any other you know uh high you know high usage guard and it's just like no i, I you watch his game and to me it translates to the league you know and i it's sort of like cole anthony for me um mm. a few years back and that's what i see with Jaden ivy uh he i think i love everything about his skill set and he's going to have you know purdue has they had a really good team this year yeah, and he has he's gonna he's gonna showcase that this year, you know. Um, so I, I I absolutely love him, and I think he's he's going to rise. Right now, he's you know in that I see a lot of people have him in the lottery. I think he could rise up and be you know um, definitely a top ten pick, maybe even higher because uh, he definitely has all the skill set to uh, to do some great things. So I think uh, you know you know I, I, we are gloating about it. I want you said his name smile you know there's certain yeah. players that just give you that instant smile you know you know and uh and uh, he's one of those guys so uh, i'm looking i'm very excited about you know watching him this year and him taking that next leap yeah absolutely and so some of the things that i caught on when i'm looking into the film on him here albert is that you know he's a very aggressive driver um he has good size he feels bigger than what he's listed as i think that they have him listed about like six four he just plays so much larger than that um, very physical. Uh, right. His shot seems to be real. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he couples it nicely with that driving ability that I was just talking about. Uh, some of the things that I'm looking forward to to improve on Albert and just, you know, disclosure, we're getting to know each other a little bit here. <laughs> I don't like to say that players have weaknesses, right, especially mm -hmm. if they're returning, because and we can even talk about this a little bit, too. There seems to be some sort of stigma attached to a player that doesn't come out of the you know, the college ranks are international like year one, you know, if they right. come back, they're broken almost, you know, right. So some of the things that I think that he can improve on, though, are some, you know, more dynamic playmaking. Can he make some live dribble passes? Um, he seems to fall down a lot. That kind of concerns me a little bit with his, you know, is that going to be something that impacts his durability, um, tends to force things that aren't there. And I think the biggest question that's going to affect my projection of him, Albert, is, is he a lead guard or is he just a really sound off-ball player what do you make of that assessment i think what you're saying is spot on um and i, I think it's interesting when we watch Jaden ivy i think i first off i want to say the way that you frame that is awesome because i think too many times people who break down the draft or who love to draft like we do i think sometimes they could be way too definitive about 19 year old kids mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> let's uh you know let's exactly. give them some yeah. runway like they're we gonna talked develop. about that last week steven right? yeah, yeah. yeah tyler is a big proponent of that same mindset. yeah exactly. that, that's sick to me how people can be so definitive about 18 year olds like yeah this kid he's never gonna shoot it's like all right buddy like what let's go back to what you, when you're 18 and we're like yeah this guy is never gonna make money even what um, did we talk about last week as, as regular so, people at 18 years old we didn't know nothing 
He's pulling the words right out of your mouth, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're on the same page with that. So I, I actually love that you guys frame it like that. With Ivy, though, I agree with you, man. I think there are some areas where he can improve. And that's awesome, right? And the fact that he gets to go back to college and work on those things. And to be honest, a lot of the things that you're talking about, when you, you go back to the tournament, like he was already working on those things and starting to blossom in those areas. Like I definitely agree with you. And, and something that I wanted to bring up to you guys and kind of kind of throw back or push back with a question. Sure. As I'm watching a lot of these top guards in this upcoming draft class like we just covered jd davison right um there are there are all kinds of guards in the draft class that are gonna be really interesting uh kennedy chandler right um but with ivy tie tie well i love tie tie uh (laughs) but anyway a lot of these guards i feel like they're missing the in-between game so Mm. that's kind of like it seems like that's like a product of where basketball is now where kids are trained to shoot a lot of threes deep threes check out Jaden hardy dear god um or they're taught to go all the way to the rack right either yep. go up for a dunk do some layup pick up a foul do whatever i feel like the in-between game is kind of lacking but but you know to be honest like chris and i were big nick fans that we get to watch um what's his, I, I almost called him iman sharp oh manual quickly uh but for quickly <laughs> you know why did he gain so much love last year was that floater game Yep. You know, that in-between game is something that he really has. And something that I noticed with Ivy and I think with a lot of these um, combo, hybrid type of guards mm-hmm. in college, I think that in-between game is what they need to work on, whether it's a mid-range pull-up or a floater or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like yeah. that part is kind of lacking. And so that's kind of how I feel about Ivy because I love what you said about when he goes to the rim. He's aggressive. He's physical. He can take contact well. I, I agree with you that he falls a lot. I think a part of that in-between game, though, is not just the like floaters or pull-ups, but also the passing aspect of it all, which was one of my things with him. Or not just passing, but decision-making as a yeah. whole. I feel like that's something that he can work on. Once again, I'm not being definitive. I'm not saying he's some wild guy who makes bad decisions. I think that's going to be an area for him to work on and develop on. And so once again, I kind of want to throw that question at you. Do you guys feel like a lot of these, like, combo guards hybrid guards shots to rashad phillips right these yeah, combo RB3, guards, great do you feel like that's kind of missing in their games or is it just a matter of they're not using i wonder how you guys feel about that chris why don't you go ahead with that one man yeah i mean a lot of these comp like you said like quickly and the guys like that like lou williams and all that it's kind of you know whether you know getting to the basket and the in-between game is it is kind of missing but that, it feels like that's Something we see in the league a lot. There's that in between that mid range, right? We talk about the lost art of the mid range game and guys. Now it seems like a little bit it's coming. You talk about like Trey Young mentioned, like that's the one thing he needs to work on in his game, right? That he's like, I want to get better with the mid range. And we see Devin Booker, right? He's one of the best, you know, mid range games. And it's DeMar DeRozan in Chicago this year. I mean, I I was, you know, Chris Middleton, like, and I'm still big on like, the mid-range game is still very important. Like it's either, like you mentioned, Albert, it's either get to the basket or shoot a three. Analytic and we ball. forget, yeah. and we forget there's a part of the bas- there's a part of the basketball, you know, court where there's the, you know, in between that where you can use that, right? And it's just like and not just the when one- you're shooting free throws, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Not when you just shoot a free throws. There's a big part, you know, where you could still there's, <laughs> you know, you could utilize that. And then feel like with the today's basketball, it's either like 
you know, and the Steph Curry factor, right? Shoot three. That's what, you know, gets you highlights and all that. But it's like the art of the mid range game is lost. And I, I, I definitely want to see that with a lot of these, especially with these combo guards, you know, utilize that more. And it seems like a little bit in the NBA, we've seen that with some of the guys, but in college with all these guys, you know, you definitely want to see more of that. And then to me, cause it's still a, a very analytics may not like it, they may want to, hey, you rather take that that three than that long two. But to me, you know, you take the best shot. To me, that's right. that is just that simple. And you know, that's something that we want, I want to see from Jade too. Is you know, utilize that mid range game more. I think that's a, an astute observation, though, Albert. Is that a lot of these guys, the domestic players, right, the ones in the states? Now, if you venture overseas, one of the guys that I'm high on, and I just listened earlier today to uh, you know Nathan Grubel and Tyler Rucker. They had Rafael Barlow on. Um, you know, the draft deeper podcast, and they talk about a guy that I like a lot and Hugo Besson. I think that he has that mid range game. That's what makes him so dynamic in my eyes. But you see kind of these international players, they have that refined game, but they're also catching up with the aesthetics and the, you know, how dynamic a playmaker you have to be to play in the States. Right. So uh, I agree with you though, Albert, I think that that's a, that's a great observation on your part that is in particular, a guy like Jaden Ivy, like how much more I'll, I'll flip this back to you. How much more, you know, high on boards do you think he would be if he was like you? He had a, just a nice midi, like you couldn't leave him alone anywhere. No, I a hundred percent because for the reason why all of this is so prevalent for me was when I go to that U nineteen tape, like he was unbelievable on that team, and the reason why I thought he was so good was I feel like he was doing so much on the ball and off the ball which kind of spoke to that versatility piece. Like, I think that's something that's so important about Jaden Ivey when you talk about him as a, as a prospect. Some of the stuff that he was doing, like, off-ball, like some of those mm -hmm. weak side cuts, like him just moving, him being active, crashing the board. There were so many things where I was so impressed by the fact. I was like, wow, this guy is not just going to be a guy that is just going to pound the ball into the floor all day long. He can play off-ball. He showed a much improved jump shot, especially in the tournament. And you mentioned with those statistics, he was pretty good, you know, as a spot up shooter, too. So as he continues to grow in those areas and he continues to be as engaged and aggressive as he is, when we talk about that versatility on ball and off ball, and then he starts to work out that in between game, whether it's a, you know, two dribble pull up in the mid range or he's hitting yeah. that floater or whatever it might be. We're talking about a guy who look, I, I don't the name of our site is no ceilings. I don't want to put a ceiling on this guy. Like he go. literally could become an all-star type of player because we talk about the athletic school skills. And then Corey and I, something we talk about a lot is like demeanor and personality. The kid is, as, as Corey would say, he's an absolute dog. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you watch this game and you watch his game and you weigh that you see the way that he carried Purdue last year at moments. Yeah. Uh, sorry for big chunks. And he was like, oh, it's all right. I'll just take the team, put them on my shoulders and we're going to be okay because I'm Jaden freaking Ivy. So, <laughs> I like that type of attitude. And I think because he showed already that he can get better over the course of the season. And then he had the U19 experience shout to the podfather, Bill Simmons. He always talks about like the Olympic experience and what that does for players. Right. Yep. Ivy kind of had that playing for the U19s. And yep. so he has to be at the very top of most people's list when it comes to returning players, because you know, he's going to have so much to offer because of how much he's already grown. And you just know, he's going to grow even more in year two. And then as, as Chris mentioned before, I can't agree more. He is built for the NBA and he's going to be awesome. So yeah, yeah him and him and space is going to be terrifying. All right. So you mentioned, you know, Jay Nivey returning player. 
we're, that's going to be the theme again. You know, if you're just tuning in, you know, thank you for tuning in. We're here with, you know, Albert Gim of the Draft Act podcast and of No Ceilings. Uh, we're going to be moving on to the next player here, Benedict Matherin of Arizona. Now, this is a pretty polarizing player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Albert, you, we've been dialoguing throughout this whole process prior to you coming on here. We both were like, when we, we threw his name out there, we're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so big on Matherin. And I don't know where you have stood since then, but I've communicated to you that my stance is not so much against him. I'm not necessarily like both feet in his camp right now, but I like his film has aged well on me. Uh, Chris, before I turn it over to Albert, you know, I look at Benedict Matherin, you know, he shot 40, 40 and 85 last season in Arizona. You know, he, he looks like he's a capable NBA wing, you know, he's built well, he could probably stand to get a little stronger, but I know that we talk, you know, at length on that, on a few of our shows that all these guys could really get stronger, right? At one point he had to sit because of attitude problems, but it looked like he responded well following that benching and, and, and missing time. Uh, what are your thoughts on Benedict Matherin coming into this season, Chris? I mean, he's, he's got the size you want in a, in a wing, right? Um, and, and nice shooting touch and all that. I think he, he he's, he's very solid. I think he's, in, he's a very solid prospect and all that. Someone that I've had to, you know, watch, try to watch some more stuff on him, but, uh, you know, has a nice has a nice shot and he has everything you want in, in a wing and all that. Like I say, six, seven, you know, two ten around that. So, you know, he's someone that I, I'm another guy that I'm, I need to watch more of and, and get a better feel of. Um, but he has everything, everything you want, you know, in, in a wing. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching more of him this season. Yeah. And so Albert, I'll turn this over to you. Grades out as excellent on synergy in the 96th percentile and spot ups, the 44th percentile and pick and roll, which is about average. Uh, good in transition, 63rd percentile, very good in offensive rebounds, putbacks at 65th percentile, and lastly, excellent on cuts, the 99th percentile. So when you look at those areas, right, that doesn't tell the entire story. Obviously, you have to watch the game, but from my film analysis, it's pretty close to what Synergy has here. What are your kind of gut check feelings on, on Matherin based off of where we were, say, earlier this week to maybe today? Mm. Oh, I, I kind of want to start off by saying because I'm such a huge RJ guy, I'm definitely more I, I love my Canadian dudes out of nowhere, um, <laughs> you know, and Matherin is a Canadian dude. Uh, look, the first thing that I wrote here was overall eval- evaluation is good, not great. It's kind of how I feel. I, I, I think good, not great is how I feel. But I mean, you watch Matherin and you get it like he looks like like you guys are just you, you guys are now partnering with Build Bar. Uh, Benedict Matherin looks like he's been eating Build Bar since he was five. Oh, he oh, just okay. grew up on Build Bars. You know, <laughs> he's got he, the body. He's got the he he's got the look, right? He's got he everything he's, you want. All the tools. He's a runner. He just runs. He is. He is. He's got a great physique. Uh, with that, that's kind of weird to say, but anyway, uh, Matt is <laughs> awesome, dude. He, you know, weird, dude. A good build. I know. So what I, what I like when I go down the list of like his different qualities, like I, I feel like he's a good, not great shooter. I think his touch is good. Not great. I think his athleticism is good. Not great. Um, I, I really like what he does off ball. I think he's a really savvy cutter. Um, mm. I think he's got really not like good length. Knows how to use his arms really, really well. Um, I like him as a defender, but I think he needs a little refinement. Was I wrote yeah. what, what I wrote here? Um, yeah. And so, guys, like for the listeners out there, you guys might think of this as a slight, but he's one of the few guys that I like came up with a comparison for because you know uh, Corey and I were big on our comparisons on our pod, and I wanted to kind of give you guys one too. When I was watching him, I could not shake this one player. I think he's very similar, but without the personality. And I really want to hear Chris talk about this because he's one of our own. He reminded me a lot of Iman Shumpert. 
And the reason why I say Iman Shumpert is because he kind of has like a similar physicality and build yeah. to him. He doesn't have the flair that Iman had. Like we loved Iman as a personality on the Knicks. He was such he was a huge proponent proponent of like that Knicks tape culture and all that. Yeah. But Matherin is similar in that he's not a great athlete, but he's a good athlete. And that's how mm -hmm. I felt about Iman. Um, I felt like Shumper, a lot of his like highlight dunks were not because he was like 40 feet off the air, but also because he had really long arms. So it's yeah. like a, a kind of mix of that. And then when you watch Matherin shoot, he kicks out his feet a little bit, kind of mm -hmm. like Iman Shumpert used to when yeah. he was on the Knicks. And so that was my comparison for Ben and Matherin, which, once again, I, I don't mean as a slight at all. I think just from the initial tape that I watched. The several-year pro, I mean. Exactly, who won a title, too. Like, I, I just feel like he, he, he right now is kind of Iman Shumpert-esque, but he can definitely grow and develop into a better player. But my, my initial evaluation so far is I think he's good, not great, is kind of how I feel. Chris, what do you think? Nick Nick Legend, Amon Shumpert. Yeah, I mean, like, Shumpert, like, he was, you know, you look at him, right? He has that, that you know, built bar, right? We talk about, you know, being built and all that, right? You know, and, uh, and not good at, not great at anything, right? But just good at it. And, and that's probably, you know, same thing with Benedict. He's going to be a good pro. I think he could be a good pro. Like he's just good at everything. Nothing stands out. Like you said, Shumper was a, a good athlete, right? Like you said, we saw some in the playoffs, right? He had some 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 mm -hmm. good dunks, but you know, wide open and all that. But I think that that could that that's actually a really good comp. But he's Wilson Chandler too, is an I, I I was thinking mm. too, like a, a Wilson Chandler too, like someone who's good at everything benedict matherin isn't a nick at some point in his career i'm going to be very if he doesn't curious. become an i think he has to be a nick i think we just penciled him in as a nick so uh, speak it know, into existence here he's already a nick so let's just uh, this sign him you know he's already in the rotation next year but yeah I, I feel like those two like you you mentioned shump and i'm like okay and then i thought wilson chandler too someone who's just solid at everything nothing nothing special but just solid i mean and both these we talk about shump talk about wilson chandler those are what ten year plus pros, you know, uh, and, and have done some good things in the league. So, you right. know, definitely compare the good comparison with the Shump one for sure. All right, and Albert, before we get weird here, just kind of some of the notes that I had when I looked at Benedict is that he's got a, a, a solid stroke and decent NBA range, moves well off the ball, as you so you know eloquently stated earlier. Uh, rarely ever is stagnant on the court, plays with a lot of energy. And I feel like sometimes he almost has to. I feel like he has to kind of like psych himself into a game because if he's not feeling it, he he almost feels like a different player from what I've seen. Um, show some finishing ability, but stand to fill out a little bit more. I think that once he can improve his strength, that obviously that finishing will be a little bit better. Some of the areas of improvement, uh, the, the handle. I don't know if him as an NBA wing, that handle, is going to be something that he needs to improve on. Now, one of the things in your Iman Shumpert comparison is Iman had a little bit of a handle. You know, he could do a little bit of secondary, tertiary playmaking. I think that that's going to be the area that Benedict has to build upon the most here. Um, as a denier help defender, sometimes I've noticed that he has a tendency to get beaten. Not on the ball, he's more engaged, but when he can help off the ball, that's an area that I saw. And then because he's such a, a, a solid shooter, he almost kind of falls in love with his jump shot to a fault, maybe get a little bit more aggressive, but I can't help but wonder if maybe his lack of a handle is also playing a part into that. What do you think about that, Albert? Yeah, I, I, th I think that's perfect. Um, 
So I, you know, I mentioned before with the defense, like I felt, I felt like you needed some refinement. I, I'm with you, man. I, I think it's a concentration thing. I, I think that's just you, you get better at that, in my opinion. Um, I, I think that's something he can really improve upon. I think it's just lacking a little focus right now. He could definitely get lost ball watching a little bit, especially mm-hmm. as like a help defender. Uh, he could lose his man a little bit, but you know that that comes with coaching, that comes with experience, that comes with a lot of different things where you know he's going to get better. Just overall, like once again, like I think everything that you guys are saying is spot on i actually really love the wilson chandler one too because the wilson chandler one like even like you talk about demeanor well did we ever see wilson chandler smile does that guy ever have <laughs> happiness in his life not really and only if it's, i think only if his nose is bleeding or something like that right? and, and you would and we all thought like wilson chandler yes he has all the tattoos he's yeah. probably has an eccentric person you, you see a person with a lot of tattoos you, you assume mm-hmm. they have an eccentric personality and wilson chandler was the complete opposite of that you know yeah. i don't even know what he sounds like to be honest What's the channel that's a good point i actually don't know his voice and who knows maybe like his friends just started tatting him up and he didn't say anything and they just kept he just going, sat in the chair uh, like, like this <laughs> didn't even know he was at a parlor or something nothing nothing hurts he's just like he's just present you let it happen. Or maybe he's born with him. I don't know. Um, but Matherin is similar in that way too. Like I think his demeanor. He's, he's a pretty serious looking guy. Um, but yeah, man. Overall, like I just think he's going to be a good player. And I don't mean that as a slight. And I know sometimes draft Twitter can get really dramatic if we don't name no. everyone a perennial all first team all NBA guy. But I think Matherin's going to be a really solid NBA player. He's definitely going to find a role somewhere. And as you mentioned, like the secondary tertiary thing with his handle. Yeah, I mean, if he develops in that area, you can 100% see it. Like, the the one thing I will say, though, like, his passing, I thought, like, I didn't really see much of it at all. Um, like, I, I didn't really see him make any, you know, high-level reads or anything like that. So, I mean, that's fine. That's okay. I mean, not everyone is going to be Nikola Jokic. So, I'm totally fine with that. And I think he's going to be either – he's either going to be a really serviceable wing or one day he's going to be awesome. So, I, I'm with you guys, and I agree with it all. Fair enough. And an, another outstanding observation on your part. So, Albert, let's get weird here because you talked about some of the players that you wanted to discuss here on the show on the returning players. It's not going to be the cookie cutter, guys. We're not going to be talking, you know, about every single high level returning player. Now, we, we're going to we, we touch on two that everyone has probably heard a podcast or two about now. But, Albert, we're going to get weird. And in the spirit of getting weird. I know you're an experienced podcaster, so I'm going to turn this over to you. You're going to kind of take over a little bit here, some of the the play calling here on the show, and lead us off with Julian Champagne of St. John's. Oh my okay. God, I love, I love this. This might be my man crush. Okay, this might be my man crush. So, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna take like I'm gonna make a little hypothesis here. Um, you and I have not talked about this at all. I feel like you and I like Champagne for similar reasons. Now, once again, we haven't talked it out, but it might be that New York, you know, telepathy, telekinesis, whatever. Um, Champagne just looks like a New York City baller. Like for me, it's he just he there's nothing like crazy classy or elegant or beautiful about his game. He just walks onto a court and goes, oh, yeah, like I'm I just I just score 18 points a game. No problem. Like he'll walk in with one hand and be like, yeah, I'll score 17 tonight. I'll score 46 tonight. He's just an absolute baller 
is kind of the best way to put it. I know Rashad Phillips got a lot of stuff for like the basketball player hooper type of thing. Champagne is mm-hmm. a hooper. Simple as that. He is like the class. Like I grew up playing with so many guys like Julian Champagne. Like you play with these guys. It's like, yeah, this guy doesn't feel that good. And at the end of the game, he has like 20 points. It's like the, the hell just happened to me. You know, he plays with a backpack on, like in the middle of the game. Exactly. And and then also, (laughs) guys, we, you know, we have to talk about this. Uh, One of the areas where he needs to develop is the defense because he is absolutely nothing like his brother. Like it's, he's a classic New York, New York scorer where he's like, yeah, I'm a scorer. And then he's going to, he's going to jog back on defense and be like, all right. So, uh, you know, next possession is kind of champagne. He's not passing. He's definitely not passing the ball. He's not passing. He's not playing defense. He is like a classic New York baller. But anyway, um, I just love that he has a nose for the bucket. Like I, I just, you know, he, it's his jump shot isn't the prettiest looking jump shot, but it's good. It's freaking good. He he just knows how to get his numbers. He does. He, either he's going to do it by volume, or he's going to do it by savvy, or he's going to do it just by being better than you. Um, but yeah, so for me, I love him. I love his mid range game. I think he's got great feel. He's got great feet. Like we, Hey, you guys mentioned DeMar DeRozan before, Mm -hmm. um, KD, Devin Booker. Why are these guys so damn good in the mid range? It's the feet, right? KD on a pod with Bill Simmons a couple years ago, he was saying, "Uh, look, I, I just want to study DeMar DeRozan. I've been studying DeMar DeRozan because the guy has the best footwork in the league, right? And Champagne, for me, it's like, obviously, he's not DeMar DeRozan, but you see it in the mid-range. He's a technician. That's something that Corey and I talk about a lot. He's a mid-range technician. And Mm -hmm. if only he could extract that and kind of bring that to his defense and, like, you know, show a little bit more there like his brother because his brother, I mean, he already has a role with the Raptors, dude. He's already doing stuff, rebounding and guarding and, you know, all this stuff. So... Um, Champagne is a guy that I like a lot. And I think I'm a little biased because he plays for St. John's and, you know, I grew up in Queens. So, you know, there's some of that too, but yeah, your roots are showing a little bit there. A little bit, (laughs) just just a little bit, but I think he's going to be really freaking good. So that's kind of where I'm at. Your thoughts, guys, you you put me in charge. What are your thoughts on Julian Champagne? Because I'm, I'm, I just think he's a hooper is kind of a good way to put it. All right, so who you do want to direct this to? You want Chris to take Ooh. it? You want me to take it? I mean, well, okay. So to be fair, I gave it to Chris last time. So we'll start. We'll start with you, brother. Uh, an experienced podcaster. I, I, I'm digging it. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So, so obviously he's a shooter through and through, right? You know um, what I really liked about him, just researching him over the past, you know, few weeks, is that he's made tremendous strides from his freshman year to to last season, and if trend analysis teaches us anything it's probably going to do it again so you have that yeah. to look forward to most improved well. right biggie's most improved player mm-hmm. yeah i mean good all good things all good traits you know graded out is very good on spot ups in the 79th percentile good in the pick and roll the 61st percentile and about average defense which grades out to the 34th percentile on synergy so the the, the standards of defense are nowhere near as what they are average is putting it nicely yeah average is <laughs> average is clean right so um Obviously, good shot with range can mobilize it. I like the fact that he's not just a standstill shooter. You know, you you just spoke to that Hooper aspect. You know, he can kind of contort himself mid shot and still find a way to get it to fall at the bottom of the bucket. Um, one thing that I liked about him on on the defensive end, this is where the average part plays in, is that he shows some instincts to play passing lanes, but that's about it because of how long he is. Um, effort seems to lack often, particularly on defense. And one thing, just to keep speaking on this Hooper aspect, Albert, is that I notice sometimes just like little things. I don't know if this is just like the the nerd in me, but 
there were some times in transition I would look at him and his head would be down running down the court. Like he wouldn't even be ready to even receive a pass until he was already set in the corner or something yeah, like that. Right. Agree. So yeah, I seen that a lot with him <laughs> and on the defensive end, it's the same thing. So I don't know if this is going to be something obviously I think it's something that he can improve, but I think it's going to be yeah. a, a want to thing. And Albert in the spirit of you liking comps, how does like a Darrell Wright type player strike you for, for a comp or someone like this? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I this might be just my fuzzy memory, but I felt like I, I just remember Darrell Wright to take becoming like a gunner three point shooter at the tail end of his career. Um, I I don't mind it, man. I it, as I mentioned before, like I his mid range stuff interests me a lot, mm-hmm. and I and I want to see him continue to work on that because Chris, what you mentioned before about the importance of the mid range, that's something Corey and I talk about all the time. Like we can't emphasize that enough. Like as much as Giannis gets the shine for winning the title last year, does he win that title without Chris Middleton absolutely destroying it defensively and in the mid range? Like his mid range game was unbelievable. So. I'm really with you guys on that. And that's kind of something that I want to con- continue to see with Champagne. So, yeah, I- I'm with you guys. Uh, Darrell Wright's good. I just I can't think of anyone right now. And I just keep mentioning Chris Middleton. So I'll just go with that. But he, I mean, obviously, he's not Chris Middleton, but I just love his mid range game and the fact that he just has a knack for the bucket. Some Rip Hamilton type vibes, maybe. Mm, I mean, that, okay, that's okay. that's a, that's a king of the mid range, in my opinion. Yeah. Growing up, at least, I mean, that was Mister Mid Range was Rip Hamilton, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, all the movement off ball with Rip coming off screens all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Absolutely. a marathon runner, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, kind of like a mid range, um, you know, Clay Thompson almost, right? So, mm. Chris Julian Champigny, your New York guy. And he's from Brooklyn too, so it's like the even perfect, better. He's like the perfect player, right? Brooklyn, you know, and all that. Like, but he, like, like Abu, you mentioned before, like that New York style, right? And then, like, that's probably why I have a you know infatuation with him because of that. And then you know the St. John's thing, you know, I did get get accepted into St. John. I didn't go because subtle brag, Chris. Tuition, tuition. Tuition's kind of high, so <laughs> you know, you know, they didn't they didn't mention that part of high was, but uh, you know, it's the St. John's tie then, and he's someone like I already plan on watching, you know, go into a few games this year. But like you said, that he, he he's just a bucket getter. He, he's just a, he's a hooper, right? Hooper basketball player. We had that, you know, he's a hooper, right? And yes, the defensive flaws, and, and he's not a tremendous athlete, but um, you know, like you mentioned with like Chris Middleton, right? Chris Middleton isn't a a great, and I'm not saying he's going to be Chris Middleton, but that style of play, right? You know, where he could kill the mid range, and for someone like you would think he would be wildly inefficient, right? But you know, 44, like around 44, percent you know, right. you know, high 30s from three, so like he still shows some efficiency, and it, which and he can get. But I love the improvement he made from freshman mm-hmm. year to sophomore. I'm like almost like a 10 point, I think like like a 10 point jump. Right and rebound. He's a size, a good rebounder, really good rebounder for a guy who is not a great athlete. It's a really good rebound. I think what he had like eight rebounds a game, you know, his sophomore year. So I was surprised that he he dropped out. He put his name out because I still I still thought he was definitely get maybe some late first round, mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. in the second round. But I think he he bet on himself and you know um, and, and possibly can be you know solidify a first round grade for him this year. But he's definitely. I think uh, Biggie's player of the year, you know, he has to be the favorite. I can't think of anyone else right now. Um, he's going to he's gonna have a monster year. He's mm-hmm. another guy that, like I said, 
Uh, there's a few guys in, in the tri-state area that I got to watch. Ron Harper Jr. is another one I, uh, I oh, got to yeah. watch. Yeah, he's another one of my guys. He had a shooter. Really yeah, yeah, he started off great last year, I and mean, we don't have to get it to him right now. But <laughs> you know, uh, but he's another guy I really like. But you know, the uh, he, he's just he's got the size and everything you need. You like in a wing. Definitely needs to improvement, you know, uh, you know, playmaking and all that because, you know, one assist a game, you know, definitely needs to work on that. But, you know, straight bucket getter. And, and you know, what, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, getting buckets. And he could do that for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So kind of a New York player traditionally and literally, right, playing at St. John's too. A guard, Chris, that I know you're you're a fan of Miami football, not basketball. But Isaiah Wong, Albert, this is another one of your guys that you brought to to the table for today's conversation. He gives me, Chris, how you like to frame like New York point guard vibes. That's kind of hard for me to say real quick. Sometimes I put ours in places where ours aren't supposed to be when I talk really fast. But um, that that style of point guard, he reminds me of that. So, Albert, you wanted to talk about Isaiah Wong in particular. Why don't you just go ahead and wax poetically on him? Dude, I, I'm kind of upset that you uh, mentioned that because that was kind of like my intro. No, I, I mean, 100%. Like, he just feels like a New York guard. He's a guy who gets into the lane like it's just open. It, 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 there's like nothing there. He just knows how to get into the lane. He is such a physical player. I know Chris and I, we probably grew up playing with like 90 different versions of Isaiah Wong. These point <laughs> guards who get into the lane and they just embrace the contact. They're they're not just like ready to take it. They're looking for the contact so they can finish over you and scream and one in your face. Now, you know, with 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 COVID-19 and stuff like that, we don't want too much of that. But, with a mask on, obviously. Hey, Matt, no. with, really with his mask on. Exactly. Six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, what, what I wrote here is really physical play Player. doesn't seem to ever shy away from contact i do want to give my shout out to uh mavs draft he's the one who put me on to isaiah wong last year and once i started right getting into him i was like this guy is unbelievable I, I i love when he gets to the rim i think he's awesome his jump shot looks way improved Ooh, like yeah. way way improved even in that exhibition game that they just played like last week he was just he was like, you know what? I'm Steph Curry. And he was just standing around taking threes. I think he had like 40 points in an ex exhibition game. So shouts to him. But um, yeah, man, th the thing with him that I love, I think he's a really tenacious defender, which, you know, once again, like he, I feel like he moves really well laterally. Um, he knows how to use his hands. Like I, that part of his game was something that I didn't know I would enjoy as much as I did. The only little gripe that I have with him defensively is like, it always felt like, like, you know, Clyde will always talk about like you defend for 23 seconds and you don't defend for that last second. Mm. He had some moments like that where he would compete really hard for 23 seconds and he'll bail guys out with a bad foul or he'll get a little overzealous. Those were the little things that I think he needs to improve upon. And also kind of the theme that we're talking about with these combo guards, whatever is in between game. I, I think that's something he has to develop on. He is mm. another guy who goes straight to the rim or he's taken threes. I, I didn't really see him take enough of the mid range jump shots. Now, not that he didn't, but I would like to see him continue to work on that. And guys, like maybe that's the new age master's degree in point guard or lead guard or combo guard play like you get your bachelor's by get, getting to 35 to 38 percent on threes and you get high efficiency at the rim and you go to the foul line and then for you to get your phd or your master's degree you got to hit the mid-range stuff it's yeah. kind of what i'm feeling right now and isaiah wong is like that i think he's 
unbelievably physical as a player. And I love when he goes to the rim. I think his jump shot is improving at an unbelievable rate. But now he's got to go to finishing school. He's got to go and, you know, get his master's, get his PhD in the mid-range game. And we're talking about a really exciting prospect. So um, I really appreciate you guys even giving me the platform to talk about him. But um, I love him, dude. He's awesome. Yeah. And Albert, a lot of people go to school for eight years. They're called doctors, right? You know, that's <laughs> if, if well, that's there's some, there's some, Saudi there's some, uh, there's some, uh, guys that, that are in school for like seven years. It feels like, you know, <laughs> I feel like the Rick King, the quarterback from Miami has been in school for like 12 years, you know? So <laughs> yeah, there you go. But Chris, Isaiah Wong, some of the notes that I got for him, um, on synergy, he grades out in the 90th percentile in pick and roll average and spot up. And Albert, you pointed out his stroke. When I look at the stats and when I look at the film, I cannot believe that the field goal percentage and the three-point percentage isn't higher because the shot is so clean. I, I think mm -hmm. that that's one thing that kind of blew my mind a little bit with that. Um, he's below average um, as a spot-up shooter, which was kind of interesting to me um, as far as defense goes, right? So I, I'm with you on like as an on-ball kind of like point of attack defender, he's better. But kind of like how we talked about with um you know benedict matherin is that he's that focus that that the competitiveness on that end of the ball but offensively there were a few games that i watched that i did see glimpses of that mid-range game but i do agree with you albert that improving that making that more of a focal point of your offense because if the defense literally can't guard you at any level that makes you that much more impressive as a prospect Chris, again, I know you're a big Miami football guy, not so much a basketball guy, but still, Isaiah Wong's looking pretty nice, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely like him a lot. His shot is nice. He, he's a sneaky athlete too. He'll, he'll, uh, you know, uh, I saw him in a lot of, uh, you know, backdoor, you know, alley oops that you didn't expect him to get up there, and mm -hmm. he got up there. So that's what I like about him. And like you said, just he, he's just he's a bucket getter. It's simple. It's it's just simple. It's a, he's a bucket getter. Obviously, he needs to work on his playmaking and all that. Does not get it not getting you a whole bunch of assists and all that, but, you know, has the range too, which is really good. You know, uh, uh, you know, there's some, he was taking some, some deep threes, yeah. you know, uh, last season too, but like another guy, the improvement, right. That's what you like to see from yeah. guys, the improvement from, from one year to another. And then that's what I like about him. So that's what you expect here. You expect another jump this year. So, um, so very, he's definitely, uh, one of the, one of the better combo guards coming out yeah. and uh, I'm very, Right. See, even my daughter's excited about yeah, him. Exactly. Um, so, uh, but yeah. Uh, um, and even even I saw some things defensively that I like that, you know, just to chase yeah. down blocks and all that. So yep. mm -hmm. he's definitely someone that I'm very ex excited to watch more in ACC play. You know, me being a Duke mm -hmm. fan, definitely going to be watching Daddy. a lot of uh, 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 Miami Daddy. basketball. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, and again, you know, Albert, much like how, you know, you appreciated Mavs draft, who's recently verified on Twitter. No big deal. Shout out to Mavs draft. Shouts. Shout out to Mavs draft. Legend. But, um, you know, I'm glad you kind of turned him on to me. He was on my big board of players, but getting into his film earlier, definitely feel like I have a, a higher appreciation for him now because we have yet to seen like college hoops really kick off yet. So I'm glad that we're digging into some of these kind of in the weeds players, if you will. And Albert, the last guy that you wanted to bring to the table, we got two prospects that we want to that we want to try to discuss here on the show, here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. You're listening to us. We're joined by Albert Gim of the Draft Act Podcast and of the No Ceilings Collective. Um, Albert, 
I'm going to try to say his name. I've been listening to it all day, but I feel like I'm going to mess it up because I'm on the show now. It's okay. Hunjun Lee. Did I say that mm-hmm. right? That, hey, that's close enough. That's close enough. More than clo- close enough. Um, yeah, Hyunjung Lee. It, it's like the, that Y you got to throw in there, but it's hard to do the H-Y. Hyunjung Lee is my pride and joy. I would take a bullet for him yesterday is how I feel about Hyunjung Lee as a, <laughs> as a, as a Korean American dude, we don't have guys in the league. You guys probably don't even know. We had one dude playing the league back in the two thousands. He played for the Portland trailblazers. He's a backup center. He played for one season and he was gone. So um, to have Hyunjung Lee play at Davidson, he's a guy that Koreans know about Hyunjung Lee. Like Koreans like me, we know about Hyunjung Lee. He is a guy that we've been talking about for years. Um, and there are actually a couple like younger Koreans that are coming up in Korea that might make the league too. So shouts to us, right? right but on, um, he's a guy that I love. He's a six seven absolute sniper. Mm-hmm. He's a sniper. He shot 50, 40, 90 last year in college, which is no freaking joke. Some Steph and Curry I'm, type numbers, oh, right? God, man, he makes me cry. He, I mean, he shot 50, 40, 90. He's in six, a good seven. way. He's, of course, of course. Like, I, I'm telling you guys, I, I can't be more proud. He's the one player where, like, whatever team he ends up on, I have to buy that jersey, which is like sacrilegious for me because I only have Knicks jerseys. Um, me and my homie Josh, like, we just collect Knicks jerseys because that's what we do. And um, shouts to my boy Josh Spice. I, I, he may not listen to it, but he's the only guy I know that bought a Kevin Knox jersey last season. So <laughs> shouts to you, Josh. I know, I know. So that's how much Josh is about it. But anyway. Hyunjung Lee, six seven guy. The thing that I have to talk to you guys about is everyone's gonna like. Eventually, people are gonna talk about Hyunjung Lee this year because mm-hmm. he's that good. Um, but everyone's always gonna talk about the shooting, the shooting, the shooting. 50, 40, sure. 90, 50, 40, 90, which is fine. He's great at it. But the thing that I need to talk about him because no one knows this. He he deserves more shine. He is a great passer. Yeah. He's a really freaking good passer. And Kellen Grady, who's now gone, he's going, he's playing for Kentucky. He's going to go play next to Tai Tai Washington. Kellen Grady is going to go to sleep at night missing Hyunjung Lee because Hyunjung Lee threw him some dimes to the weak side corner or the strong side corner. And Kellen Grady was hitting these awesome threes, which eventually got him to Kentucky. Now, Grady, of course, was a guy who did stuff on the ball, off the ball, whatever. But part of the reason why he was so successful is because Hyunjung Lee did a lot of that secondary tertiary playmaking. You see some of the interior passes that he's making at 6'7", looking over his defender unfreaking believable i love his movement off the ball they had him running off all kinds of screens he was the davidson clay thompson as we've mentioned before yeah and it's not just that that, that's the thing he would run off these screens and it's not like he catches and shoots every time he would make some really savvy decisions with that ball and what i'm looking for this year in 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 his third season i'm looking for some of the two dribble three dribble pull-up stuff i saw some stuff where off the off a head fake he'd go baseline take a little fall away. That stuff I was really happy about. And I want to see him grow in that because now Grady's gone. And now he's going to have more of an opportunity and more of the burden on his shoulders. And I'm hoping he just continues to develop in those areas. And really quickly before I stop, the my hope and prayer for Hyunjung Lee is that he becomes a Korean version of Hito Turkoglu. It's kind of okay. where my head was at. Yeah. Like, I feel like with the size, with the shooting, and with the passing, now where he's lacking and where he needs to grow, right, that we're talking about development, where he needs to grow is the handle. He doesn't have, yes. like, a strong handle at all. But if he can develop that handle, mm. us Koreans, a very Korean small Jordan. nation of really proud <laughs> people, we will freaking lose our stuff if Hyunjung Lee develops in that area. Because I I, I thought of Hito Turkoglu. Because you you guys remember, Turkoglu 
and, and that what was it what 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 year was that when he made the finals was that oh oh nine oh ten right went to orlando 10. right that was 10 right nine, yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was oh, against nine, the lakers i want to say right. it was yep yeah i mean <sighs> the stuff that turkley was doing on that team the playmaking that he was doing, the shooting, the clutch play. I feel like Hyun Jung Lee is such an intellectual player. He's so smart. Us Koreans, we get down. We are freaking smart. Yep. So uh, Hyun Jung Lee has that. That's an accomplishment exactly. just academically right there, right? So. Exactly. This guy is a high IQ on the court, off the court. He's handsome. He's unbelievable. He is <laughs> That's the most important part. He's, he's, Come he's on. a good looking. Come on. He's a good looking. That's guy. the biggest evaluation is that he exactly. Is Chris, he if is your daughter was if your daughter was old enough, I'd tell you go go catch Han Jung Lee. You know he's he's the most eligible bachelor in Korea. So I love him, and um, I want to hear what you guys think because I I'm just over the moon with this kid. I might have to tell both of my daughters to get them a Korean boy, you know, when they when they're old enough, you know. But um, Chris, a couple of things that I got down, I don't really have much else to add other than what Albert put. You know, what I did love, I did catch the playmaking ability that was there. It's not just that he made passes, and it's not just that he. What really stuck out to me was that how quick of a passer he is. Yeah. It's like he already knew where he wanted the ball to go before it was even in his hands. So like he's making decisions pre-snap almost you know if you're looking at him as, as like a quarterback right mm -hmm. um he competes in, even in the areas of his limitations now obviously one of the things that is going to be the biggest issue for me is can he get stronger because yeah. i mean this dude is like real thin you know he, as tall as he is as long as he is can he get tall can he get stronger because defensively has leaves a lot to be desired there but he runs all day long he is like yeah. their clay thompson i saw him sit not because he was in foul trouble, not because he was playing poorly, but because my man is literally running the entire game long. If he's not catching the ball off of a cut, he's cutting all the way back to the other end, doing a, doing a screen and then either rolling to the basket or popping off of two flares. It, it's ridiculous the, the amount of running that they asked him to do, Chris. But um, as far as his handle goes, that's another thing that I caught. But he could still be like, you know, dribble, dribble, pass. I, I, mm -hmm. which is an effective tool to have in today's NBA. So, Chris, Hun Jung Lee, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Oh, better, Robert. better. Hun, Hun Jung Lee, yep. Uh -huh. um, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Chris? Okay, so I watched some of his, his stuff uh, today, and, you know, you would think just catch and shoot, um, just catch and shoot. Stu shoot stuff, but there's some stuff that I like that, you know, he was going off the dribble with some – and there was one play in particular I forgot who it was against, but – he took someone off the dribble, gets to the mm. basket, finishes reverse, and I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, on. yeah. One second, my <laughs> see, he likes him too. See, you got yeah. him, Albert. You got her on the <laughs> was that and, Lee? Uh... Is she saying me right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, mommy's coming. Um, yeah. and there was that one play. I was like, well, okay. I like mm -hmm. quick trigger. I like that. He he's mm -hmm. quick with it. Like boom, boom. Minute he catches that, it, it's up in the air. He's got that quick trigger, which I liked a lot. And like I said under got some little bit bounce got a little bit yo he some athletic lip you know we're not, we're sneak not up on you it, you know so that's what i like deceptive. about him he, he's definitely 50 40 90 type of player yeah. you know uh so uh he's definitely uh, gonna do some good things this year yes he's, he's coming but mm -hmm. yeah I, I i saw some things that like you just assume he's a catch and shoot type player but even like the and and I saw some defenders assume he was going to catch and shoot, and then he's mm -hmm. he got he got them got them mm -hmm. off off the off them off off uh, um, 
movement and boom just gets to the basket you know yeah. so he he's got some potential with some dribble drive you know stuff so mm -hmm. uh you know other than just catch and shoot but uh yeah he's definitely going i'm going to be watching more of him this year for sure thank you thank you please guys please give him all your attention <laughs> give him all your love i mean he's unbelievable right right now korean culture is a wave whether we're talking about squid games or bts <laughs> or whatever it is hyunjung lee the is the next wave Yes. Yeah, uh, what's who's the music group that that's really BTS, big? Right BTS, now? BTS, BTS, right? BTS. Yeah, yeah. BTS. All those Korean fools, man. Like it's, <laughs> we're out here. We're trying to put on for our tiny little nation, and we're making waves out here. And Hyun Jung Lee is that next wave. So I'm really excited. I love everything that you guys said. Like he's not a perfect player. As much as I'm biased because I'm Korean, like there are clear areas of his game that he needs to work upon. But mm -hmm. God, like I, I don't. I, I really don't think I'm crazy about saying this, but like I think if he keeps working on his game and he takes on that burden in Davison, we're talking about a first round talent here in terms yeah. of like he could actually make it. And I've He's seen that skill. It's there's a does. skill to it. There's more than just the catch and shoot, right? Because right. you would just look at his numbers. Like, oh, he's probably just like no. There's more no. too. He's got more, and then like said, he's going to have to do more smart. this year. So I'm looking forward yeah. to watching more. Of him. <laughs> wicked smart. What are you, uh, wicked yeah. smart? <laughs> he's not Matt Bonner. He's not. And so no. I'm, I'm really excited to see him continue to develop. And I, I'm once again, man. The fact that I'm sitting here talking about Hyun Jung Lee on a pod, this is heaven for me. And um, you know, like Corey, Corey, shout out to my partner Corey Talabas. Shout the, out to Corey. Man smartest man i know he he always coins these phrases like he talks about like uh three and d plus you know he always adds the plus at the end right like a yeah. one and a half plus like hyun jung lee i'm hoping he's kind of like a stretch four plus you know yeah. a guy who has good size or yeah at least like six seven it's kind of a tweener even between three and four but like you know you can kind of see him being a guy who is going to stretch things out but can do a little bit more he's going to offer you a little bit more like got you know like okay Another Knicks reference. I'm sorry. When people think about Evan Fournier, like, oh, he's a shooter. He's a shooter. Evan Fournier is an unbelievable secondary playmaker. I love Evan Fournier for that. And I was so happy that we got him because he could do that type of stuff. And that's how I feel about Hyun Jung Lee. I think eventually he's going to grow as a playmaker. Well, he's already a really good passer, but as a playmaker, it's a little mm -hmm. different from just being a passer, right? And so I, I think he's going to grow in those areas. And as you mentioned, you know, little couple dribbles here, fade away, nice. You know, mm -hmm. sidestep, shot, nice. So uh, that's enough for me. I love this guy, and um, <laughs> he's going to get better for sure. Yeah, the Korean Rocket, Hung Jung Lee here, the, sec the second player in D1 history uh, from Korea, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. in my research that I did today. But anyway, um, Albert, we got one more guy that I'm just dying to talk to you about, but unfortunately here for the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, that's going to bring the show to a close. Um, but before we let you go, Albert, we'll, we'll continue this discussion on the podcast. So for everyone listening to us it. on the Nothing But Net channel, you know, just go over, subscribe to the podcast. It's real easy. Draft Capital, anywhere you get your podcast, you can hear the, the continued discussion. We're going to be talking about Oregon's Will Richardson. It's going to be a great one. Um, Albert, before we close here on the radio, I want to give you an opportunity, um, one, just to hear me say thank you. And I know Chris is going to say thank you as well. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege having you here on the show. Um, please just continue to do us the honor and let the fine listeners and viewers know where they can find you and your work. Oh, dude, uh, the, <laughs> the honor is all mine, guys. The fact that people are asking me to jump on their pod and talk about stuff. Are you kidding me? I'm a nobody. And I and I tell Corey all the time, like, Corey, you're the freaking goat. Thank you for bringing me on. But anyway, um, it's an honor to be with you guys. You guys are the true legends. And to have me on has been unbelievable. You can find me at uh, Garbage Time Gim on Twitter. Also at Alberto Gim are my two handles there. I, I'm 
you know, I'm kind of in between because I like talking about all kinds of stuff, not just Multiple basketball. personalities. You yeah, know, yeah, whole, yeah. Maybe, maybe I need help. But um, yeah, once <laughs> again, guys, it's it's unbelievable to be able to talk about the drafts with you guys. And for the listeners who've been riding with us, thank you so much. The honor's been all mine. Yeah, and go be sure to go check out the No Ceilings Substack oh, yeah. as well. You know, I'll, I'll subscribe, you. subscribe I'll, it. All you gotta do is put your email in, and, and mm-hmm. you get the you know that's the first thing I read in the morning. And I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of reading, but I read you got your guys' reports. And, I'm and from Arkansas, guys, and I read your work. So yeah. I mean, that, that's how good it is. And these people oh, from Arkansas can read it. So last thing, uh, the Draft Act podcast. Uh, Corey and I we're pumping that, that out every single week. Uh, we just love the draft, and that's all we do. Like it really is a passion for Corey and I, just yeah. getting to talk about. Pro- prospects and talk about them uh in a way that we think is fun you know and so we're we're really just trying to grind and we're trying to do it for we're we Corey and i our vision is for the average fan it's not so that we can become scouts one day or that scouts look at our stuff or listen to our stuff or learn something it really is for the average fan because we feel like we're average fans too and we want it to be relatable and understandable and entertaining at the same time so um yeah please check out the draft act podcast yeah, and I do believe that that's airing on the No Ceilings YouTube channel that I just saw got posted out earlier today as well. So, you know, be sure to go check out all the great work that Albert, that Corey, you know, Nathan, who's been on Chris and our show, Tyler, who's been on our shows before. You guys have such great workers, writers, personalities, the, the whole nine yards. Y'all are doing it big over at No Ceilings. So, you know, again, appreciate you having us on. But Chris, that's going to do it for us here on the Nothing Minute channel on Dash Radio. Again, for all you fine listeners, be sure to go over and listen to the continued discussion on Oregon's Will Richardson on the Draft Capital podcast. But that's going to do it for us here today. We will catch up with it to y'all next time. Much love, everybody. All right, so now we're continuing the discussion here on the podcast for everyone that came over from the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Thank you so much for coming over and checking us out. We're here today with Albert Gim of the Draft Act podcast and the No Ceilings Collective. Uh, Albert, we have ran through your entire list, the three prospects that, that you brought to the table. We talked about two of the ones that Chris and I wanted to discuss. The last one is where we're getting weird. And this is a guy who I'm so pumped about. I feel like, you know, I'm going to break my arm here, patting myself on the back because I can kind of prognosticate and see, I think I'm leading the charge on this guy. And it's just something about when you're the guy leading the charge on, on someone, you just, your, your heart swells up a little bit. Right. But, um, Will Richardson from Oregon, I don't really hear anybody talking about him. I think that's going to be a mistake because he just gives me vibes of a couple NBA players that we're going to comp here in a little bit. But you said that you were looking forward to talking some Will Richardson, man. So let's go ahead. Floor is yours. Dude, Will Richardson is a guy that I'm really excited to talk about because I love my Oregon guards. Like I, Troy Brown Jr., when he's coming in the draft, I was like, give me all of that Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> I was like, I freaking love that guy. I know he had some injury concerns or something coming in, but I'm still a believer. I'm really hoping he can find a niche with Chicago right now. Um, I love my freaking Peyton Pritchard. Um, Corey knows, like I was a huge Duarte fan last year before mm-hmm. kind of everyone got it. Not, not look, I don't, I don't want to be Dude, like it's, that okay. Guy, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. But anyway, I love Duarte last year. So like, there's this thing with Oregon guard. So last year, as I was watching Duarte and just kind of freaking fanboying over Duarte, um, I noticed Will Richardson and I was like, 
to be honest, sometimes I'm like watching them play. I'm like, who is this funky looking lefty? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Because like he, you, you said we're getting weird. He's yeah. funky. Will Richardson is a funky. That player. shot is funky. Like it's exactly. like the ball's coming down. You know, it's not well, quite well, like you know, uh, Kevin Martin, but it it's, it it gets mm -hmm. down. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like what I what I wrote about him is like, but then not just the jump shot being funky, which I agree with. It's a funky looking one. He's got some funk to his game. He's a guy mm -hmm. that he knows intrinsically. I am not an elite athlete. Like he just knows that. Right. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to use a little savvy. I'm going to use my angles. I'm going to change pace. I'm going to use hesitations and head fakes and pump fakes. He's a very crafty, um, funky type of player. And that's the thing that I enjoyed about him a lot. I really like the playmaking at his size. He's mm -hmm. a bigger dude that I really enjoyed his assist numbers. I think he was at like two or three assists, which are a little bit lower, but at the same time, you know, our boy Duarte was kind of carrying things last year. So it's college ball too. You kind of have to prorate those assist numbers, right. right? Right. So like, you know, kind of playing under behind Duarte NBA numbers, maybe he averaged like four or five assists a game. That's not bad, right? That's no. not bad at all. And so for me, this is why this year is so important for him. Now that Duarte is gone, yeah. obviously, I think he made like what Pac-12 like preseason first team or whatever, right? Like, mm -hmm. so everyone knows, right? The 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 people who are watching the Pac-12, they know. Okay, this is Will Richardson's year. This is gonna be his opportunity to kind of spread his wings, right? What was that movie? The like, uh, I'm a, I'm a peacock. Oh oh oh! Um, the other guys, right? The other guys. The yeah, other guys. Um, I just watched that two days ago too, and I was saying that you gotta be a peacock. You gotta let me fly. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me you don't fly. Want no cat. scrubs, right? <laughs> you don't want no scrubs. We gotta um, creep. Creep. <laughs> underrated comedy, like masterpiece. Underrated yeah. comedy masterpiece. Yeah. Aim for the bushes, guys. Uh huh. Uh huh. Even the way, the the sound of his piss is feminine. But um, Will Richardson <laughs> is a guy. Did that go the way that you expected? Flotation. <laughs> nope. You have Will the right Richardson. to uh, a flotation uh, device. All right. Uh, we, we, I think we yeah. might make another guy's podcast. <laughs> oh my god. But anyway, um. I think this is his opportunity to kind of spread his wings. I think he'll be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to watch how he reacts to this workload now. Something that Corey and I talked about that, you know, Corey talked a lot about actually was um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. going to Milwaukee, mm -hmm. right? He's going to be the number one option there. And what Corey, Corey made a really interesting point. He was like, it's going to be interesting to see how his dad uses him according to how his dad is evaluating his son which is pretty cool to think about, right? Like yeah. how he plays his son is going to speak a lot to how his dad feels about his son. Anyway, um, Will Richardson is kind of like that, where I think now this is kind of like a nut up or shut up type of situation where he's going to have to go out there and carry a lot of that burden and let's see how he goes. And, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Obviously, you know, Stephen, you're you're the big Will Richardson guy here, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on him. But I was very, very impressed and, you know, at times last year with Duarte, I was kind of like, oh, I wish that guy was a little bit better, but I think he's going to be better. And that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, Chris, I kind of want to save myself for the end. I just want to hear if you guys are seeing everything that I'm seeing. Just to make sure I'm not crazy because I, hey, I've been wrong before. I've been married for like 11 years now. I've actually been wrong a lot. But uh, Chris, <laughs> talk, talking about, you know, Will Richardson here, um, what stands out to you about, about his playmaking, about his shooting? We can even get into his defense. Whatever you want to talk about, man, why don't you talk to me a little bit about Will Richardson here? Yeah, like Albert mentioned before, just a crafty lefty. Like nothing special, nothing that's, that's going to stand out, not a great athlete or whatever, but just super crafty. And obviously, you know, 
we we got you know last year with Duarte. Duarte was the guy, right? Everyone that yeah. was, that was the focus. So now this being his team, his time to shine. I think we're, we're going to see some good things from him this year and and uh, make him you know a, a draftable prospect. So definitely definitely going to be a big year for him. Like I said, I I know some people were kind of um kind of down on him because you know he didn't have the greatest of. Uh, you know, as my daughter's touching all the buttons, uh, greatest, uh, you know, end of the tournament, you know, didn't yeah. have a great showing. But, you know, uh, I think with, you know, I think he has all the, you know, the ability to take over this team and be the lead guy this year. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he could do this year with him being the focal point. And obviously last year with Duarte and all, like I mentioned before, but I, I very excited. Uh, like I said, not just crafty, just knows how to use movements and all that. When you're not a super athlete, you have to be able to do that stuff. And that's something he's good at doing. And like I said, funky shot, you know, not like I said, not quite Kevin Martin, but it gets down there. Like there's sometimes where he's, he has the ball at his hit and he's bringing it up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, uh, it goes in, it, you know, it's, he's still, you know, it goes in. So to me, that's what matters most, right? It, it goes in. So uh, uh, I think it's uh, definitely looking forward to watching more of him and see how he, he does as the lead dog in, at Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my analysis of Will Richardson is that, you know, he's been a 40, percent shooter from the past two seasons and just to contextualize a little bit about why some people may have been down on him last year Albert he got injured a little bit last year so he didn't even have a full healthy season last year but the previous two years you saw the production value come out of him you know we already talked about him being a lefty it's always fun whenever you can evaluate a left-handed prospect it's just something that's that, that additional funk that you're referring to Albert um I've noticed that he can finish through contact obviously he's a marksman from deep has a pull-up game, can do sidesteps, step backs, pull-up game in transition, a very capable passer. Albert, you touched on that earlier. Some of the areas that he needs to improve upon, though, right, especially since we all mentioned that Chris Duarte is gone. And one thing, just real quick, in my analysis of Will Richardson, I just couldn't help but notice how just ever so wrong I was about Chris Duarte. I'm going back and looking at the film, and I'm just like, man, what an idiot was I. But anyway, um, Richardson... Um, is there any sort of dynamic playmaking? Does he have a lead guard type handle? Um, is he going to be willing to do more driving without Duarte? Or is that something that is just not going to be there? You know, um, is his defense sturdy enough? And Albert, I'm going to give you some comps. I know you're a big comp guy. He reminds me of kind of a hybrid between these two, like a Spencer Dinwiddie, Malcolm Brogdon type. Two guys oh. who were also kind of upperclassmen, but also not really the most athletically inclined but just know how to use their frame well, you know, that body positioning, um, mm. you know, playing more with that savvy that you just keep talking about. What do you think about the two comps there? That's beautiful. I, I think that's beautiful. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's another guy who I think is an uh, underrated playmaker guy. Who, he's, as you mentioned, really savvy. Like I love, see, the thing is when you mentioned Will Richardson and you were like, let's talk about it. I was like, God damn, like this is the <laughs> exact type of guy that I love. Like I love finesse guys. If you ever listen to our pod, Corey and I, we love our shooters. We love mm -hmm. guys who can think the game, guys who can feel the game, guys who can do more than just run and jump and dunk, you know, not, Hey, not to hate on those guys either. Like I was a huge Derrick Rose guy. I loved Derrick Rose coming out of college. Not that he was just an athletic freak either. But anyway, um, Will Richardson, I'm with you, dude. He's a guy who, as I mentioned before, like very funky, like weird tempo to his game. He's a guy who's like going on those off beats. Like right when you think he's going to go, he's like, ah, 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 ah. he's, yep. he's going to psych you out, you know? A little hezzy. 
Exactly. So I'm with you, dude. I think he's really, really smart. Um, you mentioned the the handle. I'm with you there. I think he's got to tighten that up a little bit. The strength too, you know, I think he's yeah. got to eat. Like I, I hope that dining hall at Oregon's awesome and he starts to take more advantage of that because college dining halls are usually fantastic unless you go to, I, I have no idea. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Some other place. <laughs> right. Won't mention any names. But um, he's a guy that I think as he puts on more weight and he becomes sturdier. Like, okay, you mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm -hmm. Look at Spencer Dinwiddie's physique now. Yeah, he, he's a physical oh, guy. Yo, he's right. He's mm -hmm. he added yoke. some bulk. Yeah, he he did. Bulk. big time, big time compared to when he came out of college. So maybe that's Will Richardson. So I, I think that's a really interesting comp on your end. Um, even you even did a lefty righty comp, which is hard to do. Um, but I'm with you, dude. I, I think that's there. Hopefully, the physicality comes through because you mentioned like the shot is weird, but he was a 40% shooter the last two years and. The passing and the playmaking is going to be the thing to watch this year as he is, you know, they're going to kind of put that on his shoulders and be like, lead the team, lead the team. And how he deals with that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, contextualizing last season, he still had a good season, even though it was kind of an injury riddled year for him. Right. And then again, the previous two years, I have no doubt that he can think that he can build upon it. It's just going to be one of those things that. Unfortunately, based off the time of year it is, we're going to have to wait and see how he actually handles it. And plus, playing that Pac-12 ball, there's not a whole lot of people that are just going to be staying up to watch Oregon play basketball, unfortunately, mm -hmm. until it gets oh, to be so about late, March. Man. I hate that. Sometimes I hate <laughs> being on the East Coast because, like, you just miss all the Pac-12 games. Like, you miss yeah. them. You miss them there's all. Some good ball. There's some good ball out there, man. Yeah, so that's why, that's why I moved to L.A., boys. You know, got to, can I have it all out of here. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll talk to my wife. I'll, I'll see what I can do, bro. We'll, we'll kick it out in L.A. But again, Albert, you know, that, that was the last prospect that we had on the docket for today. Um, I appreciate you so much for making yourself available to come on the show. Um, you're welcome back anytime. You just, you know, knock on the door and we'll be here. Um, but again, you know, for all the listeners that came over from the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, they heard you. Just want to give you one more time, one more again, mm -hmm. just to put out there where all the fine listeners and viewers can catch you and your work. Sure, sure. I, I mean, really quickly before I go, um, I know my partner Corey is not with me and I, I talk of Corey all the time, but it really isn't hyperbole and it's not me even being like over the top. Like I, I, I want everyone to know that Corey is a guy who I, like I was a nobody and you guys know what it's like. I'm sure you guys know what it's like. Like I had my own basketball podcast a year ago and I was averaging like 25 listens per episode. And there are times that like my, I think my friends never said it to my face, but I'm sure a lot of them in the back of their minds, they're like, what's this guy doing? Like he's Korean. No one cares about what a <laughs> Korean has to say about basketball. Like, what are you trying to do? Right. And there, I had some dark moments. Right. But then, you know, I found Corey. I became a huge fan of his YouTube channel. So I, I just hit him up one day. I was like, hey, can you come on the pod? And he's like, dude, of course. And he came on and it was freaking awesome. I had the best best time of my life. Right. And since then, Corey has now brought me on to his projects and all this stuff. And it's been an unbelievable blessing and so humbling to be a part of like this community and everything that we're doing. And and shouts to you guys, Chris and Steven, like the stuff that you guys are doing with your network and your pods and all the stuff that you're doing with radio. You guys have sponsors with Built Bar. Like I swear, I was like, oh, am I on Chad Ford's pod before? It's like, it's <laughs> I said the same thing when we got Built Bar. I was like, holy you know, crap, man. we're Chad Ford. It's, I it's wanted crazy. that. I wanted that sponsor so bad i i talked to them i was like we, this is this is perfect because that's yeah. where i saw it i saw it <laughs> when i was watching the draft i was watch. i got yeah. to watch some of the draft show um and i was like oh 
I, mm-hmm. I, I need to I need to reach out. I no, mean, uh, they no. talked to so highly about it. So, mm-hmm. all right, Chris, let's let Albert keep saying no. nice things about us. <laughs> no, but anyway, like, what, I think what you guys are doing awesome. What you guys are doing is awesome. And you know, like I, I it, when you guys asked me, I had to say yes because that's something that I learned from Corey. Like Corey was like, look, anyone who asked me to be a guest on their pod, I said yes. And I was like, dude, like, that's unbelievable. And for me, who I still think I'm a nobody and I I have amazing people around me who've been supporting me, like Tyler Rucker, you guys had him last week. Like, you guys don't know, like, that guy is the funniest dude in the world. But he even, he'll even message me on the side, just encouraging me. You know, he'll tell me like, dude, Mm -hmm. you're doing a great job. You know your shit. Like, let's just keep pushing. Excuse my language. Um, He was like, you know, you know your stuff. Let's keep going. And for me, like, those moments mean a lot to me, too. So, you know, everyone I know, Ceilings NBA, all the guys there, they've been pushing me and encouraging me and it's been awesome and for you guys to ask me to join today and to be on your pod what a blessing it's been awesome and we had a lot of fun today thank you for listening to my nonsense i know i say some weird stuff and i you know whatever but yeah, it's I been mean, a huge great, <laughs> it's been a huge blessing to be on with you guys and these prospects for our listeners out there like be on the lookout for them they're great and i think they're going to be really fun to watch and fun to see develop over the year and uh yeah before i go Draft Deck NBA, NBA podcast, please check us out. Uh, we say weird things all the time. So if you thought I was even a little bit entertaining on this pod, please check us out. Uh, no Ceilings NBA. We have some of the most talented writers I've seen ever. Uh, the stuff that they're writing about the NBA and college basketball is so insightful, so smart, so wise. These guys are unbelievable. So check them out as well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me, guys. Thank you so much again for having me on dude literally you know chris you know i'm not speaking for you right now obviously but i feel like albert can just you know come knock on the you don't even gotta knock anymore doors unlocked dude just come on in you know if you knock you're a stranger (laughs) at my house right so you know feel free to come back literally anytime dude and uh you know big fans of what you and Corey, tyler nathan all the guys over there you guys are killing and then like you mentioned with Corey, Corey is a a I remember having him on maybe what a year and a half ago, you know, and him reached, I reached out. I remember seeing his post on like a random reply and I saw his colors, the color. See, he's so good with the colors. Oh, yes. He grabbed me in, he pulled Killer. me in and I was like, and, uh, and I saw that and I reached out to him like, Hey man, I would love to have you on. And he's been so cool ever since, you know, and, and to cool to see his growth and, and, you know, seeing all the success he had and, you know, being able to do a lot of stuff with him. He's been on the draft shows that I've had, you yep. know, both, both years I've done the draft shows he's been on and done a bunch of stuff with him. So it has been great. And I'm so cool that he's gave you the opportunity, right? You know, someone that was a fan of his stuff and then give you the opportunity now to see your growth is, is, is always good to see people grow and, and, yeah. and, you know, reach, you know, the levels and, you know, it's people, People, you know, a lot of people may think that, you know, everyone, this is like a competition with everyone. But like, I feel like in our community, you know, that little community we have is like everyone looks out for each other, reaches out, yes, like, sir. you know, supports each other. And that's what it should be about. Right. right. You know, uh, I know Twitter could be like a cesspool. You know, there's NBA Twitter. That's we all know the bad side of it. But I feel yeah. like we use the we use it in a positive way. So, uh, you know, it's just dope seeing your guys success. And like I said. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. And I'm sure this won't be the last time you'll be on. It better not be. I mean, I'm almost going to make you say right now here on, <laughs> on the show. But anyway, just all jokes aside, man, Albert, yeah. we're going to respect you and your time. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you, everyone, for you know watching and listening to the Draft Capital Show. 
Um, be sure to tell your friends about us. Anybody that you talk basketball with, go have them subscribe to the show. We're going to continue to have more um, incredible guests on. Chris, next week we're going to be joined by Sam Ferris of the Draft Dummies podcast, who's also a part of the Locked On Network. That's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about some of the top prospects that he's looking out for, not named Paolo or Chet. You know, because everyone's getting their their full dosage of those guys, and we'll in due time, you know, break down their games as well. Obviously, but it's gonna be a good episode. But um, everybody watching, listening, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been the Draft Capital Show. We'll catch up with y'all next time. Much love, everybody.